What's going on? New podcast, talking about the draft. Really excited for this one. Talking takes on the way. Dylan, passing on to you. Yeah, so this is going to be the NFL Talking Takes draft special. I am excited for this one. And first, we're going to dive into the head scratchers of the draft. The picks that really made you question uh, and that were different from the mock drafts. Um, does anyone have a real good head scratcher to lead yeah, off? Yeah, I, I do. All right, so one head scratcher I kind of have that is kind of really questionable, very, very questionable, is the thing – Number, I believe, 17 or I think 17 overall to the Las Vegas Raiders, Alex Leatherwood, who was supposed yeah. to, he was had a 60, he had a 60% chance of being there when the Raiders had their 46th overall pick in the second round. I just, I'm really, really, really concerned. Why would you take a tackle when Christian Darisol was still on the board? A lot of other guys were still on the board. Yeah, I totally agree. And uh, this is another tackle pick. The Jets traded up to 14 to get Elijah Vera Tucker. I know there's a lot of hype surrounding him, but the Jets trading up and giving up, what, a second and third round pick to get Vera Tucker, where they could have pretty got him at their original spot. Trading up to 14, I don't think that was the move. Yeah, Uh, that... I mean, he's a really good prospect. I like him as a player. Do I think that was worth it? I don't think so. Uh, Alex Leatherwood, I definitely agree with. That was a big head-scratcher. I think they could have waited, um, but that was their decision, and they pulled the trigger. I think they really liked that guy. So. Yeah, and another head scratcher I have is number eight overall to the Carolina Panthers, J.C. Horn. I don't think they necessarily okay. need the cornerback, but they could have taken Sertain, but I think J.C. Horn's just as good as Sertain. But the thing is, they were all surrounding, building around Sam Darnold, trying to get him to be the franchise guy that he never got to have a shot at in New York. Why not draft Rashawn Slater, who people are saying is better than Panay Sewell, which I don't know if it's true, but the hype around Rashawn Slater is huge, and they even said that they would take him if he was at eight, which it most likely he's going to be. But what do you guys think about the move drafting J.C. Horn at eight overall? Um, J.C. Horn, I mean, that was a pick. Uh, my only word for that would be debatable. Uh <laughs> That's just a pick that could be questionable. If you're going to take a corner, in my opinion, you, you go with Sertain. Um, I just think he's the better corner overall and um, is just, you know, the overall. Yeah, and this is one of my things. takes on the draft altogether. Uh, NFL teams and scouts and mock drafts fall in love with the athletic uh, and stat type of player. Um, like I said, J.C. Horn, very fast, has a very good vertical, is a very athletic player. That doesn't really show it on the field as good as Pat Sertain or maybe Micah Parsons, but his forty time, his um, his three cone drill, all stuff that were worked at on his pro day raised his stock, which I don't think makes out to be a good pick. Another example of this is linebacker Jamin Davis, taken at number nineteen to the Washington Football Team. Mm-hmm. Now this guy, I believe, opted out last year. But he is a playmaker and has ran a 4.37 and a 42-inch vertical uh, to illustrate his athleticism. But he hasn't really shown it on the field. So I feel like these raw players are getting developed now and taken high in the draft over the players that have produced but don't have as great of 40 times and 4-inch and, uh, verticals. Yeah, um... 
Well, for all sports, and I think we can all agree on this, athleticism is something that'll bring you in the early parts of your career, but won't necessarily um, help you later on, unless you're like someone like LeBron, who's maintained his athleticism throughout his career. Because as we know, if you're all athleticism and not as much skill and talent, it's going to be much harder for you. Because athleticism doesn't last as long as skill and talent. And... Totally, totally agreed. So let's move on to our next topic. The NFC East Madness, plus the Bears trading up to get Justin Fields. We knew this would happen. Uh, we had the Cowboys, 10, the Giants, 11, and the Eagles, 12. Three teams that arguably hate each other the most. Um, do one of you guys want to break it down? Yeah, I will. So... Uh, something I'm, something I'm looking at is Cowboys. I mean, this is gonna sound biased. But I think the Cowboys are scared of the Giants winning the NFC East next year. Why trade the pick to why trade the pick when you know the Giants are going for Devontae Smith to the Eagles next year? Eagles aren't gonna be as good as the Giants next year. We can all face it. We can all face it. Eagles That's exactly why they did it. Eagles are gonna be the worst team, but like it it, it makes sense. I I guess, but. For an Eagles, like in the in the Cowboys' perspective, I think the Cowboys are playing for now because if they're because if they're like if they're not if they're setting up the Eagles for their future, then what are they doing now? And is that is that are they mode? Yeah. Well, we all know that the Giants definitely would have drafted Devonta Smith with the eleventh overall pick. Oh yeah, that was a no. But the Cowboys had a call from the Eagles saying we can gang up on the Giants. And not let them get their guy. And the Cowboys offered on that because they knew the Eagles weren't going to be good this year uh, or for the next three or maybe four or so years. They weren't going to be major playoff contenders. They were going to sit around, you know, maybe get a top 10 pick in the next two years. But they're not going to contest the NFC championship. Who are the Giants? Who they traded uh, with the Eagles because they'd rather have the Eagles get well, the Cowboys than the Giants. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah, that, that that was a good move by them. That we kind of all, everyone really knew about that. But I want to talk more about the Giants trade. Tra- that was that we can call him Trader Dave. Gentleman has never traded a pick in, I think, the seven years he's been with the Giants. All 50-something picks. They trade now. Gentleman knows that the Giants are a really young, talented team. And if they can keep their players that on their defense and offense that have been really valuable in the, these past few seasons, or they've just been like playing their hearts out every game no matter the result, if they're stop, they, they're, they have stacked amount of picks next year, I think. Two, uh, two first-round picks. Uh, two second round picks, two third round picks, like these, like a guy like Dave Gettleman normally wouldn't do this. Do you think that he sees something in the Giants that makes that can make them win the next two, three years? Well, I think Gettleman is feeling a little risky, and honestly, he saw a lot in that trade, and I did too. That was a great trade, but uh, yeah, I, I see a lot, and. There's just so much potential there, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah, as you said, Charlie, there is so much potential for this Giants team. Uh, they have so many picks in the future. But I believe they're only going to pick players from the draft. There's only a few of them. Um, 
But here's a hot take. I foresee the Giants trading for someone big, whether that's a big defensive piece, an offensive piece, a lineman, uh, and trading most of their picks for a big-time player to help them win right now. Yeah, and that, that honestly, like, We've seen players like Jalen Ramsey be traded in the past few seasons. A lot of other players. The Giants kind of, they need, desperately need. It's been a long time, but they desperately need a player like Lawrence Taylor 40-something years ago that can change his franchise around and win them Super Bowl. Whether that could be a linebacker and Fred Warner, which probably wouldn't happen, but like I'm saying, well, a lot of different things. Or even yeah. Rodgers, you never know. Totally agreed. Um, yeah. I foresee them getting a big-time player in New York. And this Giants-Jets rivalry, starting with Zach Wilson uh, on the other side of New York in the same stadium, it's going to be a good battle because uh, I think both teams are just coming out of the rebuilding process and are ready to fight. Yeah, and yeah. It's, been, it's been 20 – it's been – Five, four seasons now since the Giants have had a winning season. It's been sad for us Giants fans. And if we could get a player, no matter how many picks we give up in the next couple of years, if we could get a player like Aaron Rodgers just to at least give us some hope, I'd be happy with that. We're, yeah. moving, on from, we're moving on from that. Let's talk about the pick the Giants actually had. Uh, flashy, speedy wide receiver, Canarian Tony from Florida. I really like this pick. Charlie, I know you do too. What do you guys think of this pick? I mean, this pick is a really dynamic pick. Kadarius Tony is a really, again, dynamic player. Plays in the slot a lot. Runs a fast 40 time. Uh, again, has mediocre hands, but a great route running ability uh, combined with his speed. He's mm. another prototype of a Jalen Waddle. Um, and getting that, getting that same familiar type of player, not the same as Jalen Waddle. He may be a little bit worse, but getting him at 20... And also getting another first-round pick next year is a great trade for the Giants. Yeah, and say. and also Kadarius Tony, he's a good player, right? Uh, fast. He has all the athletic abilities. Uh, he's pretty smart. Uh, he's all the things uh, that you need that you can't like work on. I guess you could say. Yeah. But he can get better at catching. He has. He's a, a pretty good route runner. And. That's like it's not easy to get better at, but those are definitely manageable things that he can get better at if he spends yeah, time. That the NFL and the Giants could develop him as. But I've been asked a lot um, from various people, what does this mean for Sterling Shepard, uh, Darius Slayton? I mean, now they went from needing wide receivers to having an overload of them. So are they going to get traded, cut, released in a free agency, uh, not resigned? Well, what's going to happen there? So, I think we need to maybe trade one of our receivers. I'm not sure who that's going to be, but maybe we keep all of them. I'm not sure. Darius Slayton went from, like, what, the one or two option last year to now the three or four five or five option? Like, that's not going to – he's a great wide receiver, and he's not – he's worth way more than to be in that situation. So, I think if we trade him – we can get a lot back for him, and I think that would be a good trade for us. Yeah, and also, so I, I think we've covered most of the NFC. Do you guys want to move in to one of the things that most of this, most of the people watching this will, will have wanted us to talk about? 
this is one of the best quarterback classes I've ever seen in my entire life. Mm-hmm. And most people have, no matter how old you are, looking back to the past 30, 40, 50 years, I don't think we've seen a quarterback class uh, as good as this, or maybe as good as this, but not many. Yeah, others. a lot of talent definitely filled in this quarterback draft. But I want to start off with the most controversial pick of the draft, in my opinion, the 49ers between two players. They're in love with Mac Jones. He fits the scheme. Uh, Trey Lance, most mock drafts projected to fall past 10. But wait, they take Trey Lance with the third pick in the draft over Kyle Shanahan's favorite player in the draft, Mac Jones? And actually, wow. I, have something to, I have something to say about this. Mac actually, Jones' pro day, we can all agree, it wasn't good. Period, it wasn't good. And... Kyle Shanahan, this actually came out, he actually did not like Mac Jones' pro day at all. And that was one of the big reasons they didn't pick him. And, I mean, I think Mac Jones is kind of happy with that. I think he'd rather go to Bill Belichick and the Patriots than Kyle Shanahan and the 49ers. But that's just me. And that was one of the biggest reasons why they didn't take uh, Mac Jones, even though we all thought that was their guy of their future. Yeah, and also, the like, the 49 49- Pick. I think that I think that Trey Lance was a good quarterback. I think they could have done a lot of different things, but that wasn't really that crazy of a pick. I mean, it was between two guys. They said they didn't like Lance Jones' uh, pro day. I think that it was a smart yeah. pick for a safe pick. But I want to talk about another uh, not crazy pick, but I want to talk. It is in the QB conversation, Justin Fields who I honestly believe is better than Zach Wilson, who is the second-best quarterback in this class, proved it during this college football playoffs. He proved it throughout all of his career. Uh, the BYU kid that looked so nervous at the draft, seeing some of these, some of the, some of these big, strong guys that he, why he wasn't even playing close against as good as them. But uh, one thing, Zach Wilson going to, he's, he's getting put into a better scheme, and the Jets have already done – Enough of uh, more day more for Zach Wilson than they've done for Sam Darnold, and what does that really show you? Do they think that, that I see it obviously shows that they believe in him. What do they think they can get for Zach Wilson? Well, honestly, Zach Wilson is a one of a generation player, and it actually really shocks me. Um, and I disagree that Justin uh, that Justin Fields is the best uh, second best quarterback in this draft. Zach Wilson, if you remember led BYU, not a football school, to be the sixth-ranked team in the country. They were not facing scrubs from D2. They were facing some of the best teams in the country, and Zach Wilson showed out with little to no weapons at BYU. Uh, Mm -hmm. I think that shows a lot about his character, and I also think that shows about Justin Fields. Uh, He struggled against teams that contested him, like Northwestern. Mm. He struggled against Alabama. Yes, he was very good. Whenever it's Clemson. Clemson, but he has all the weapons. Most of his receivers, tight ends, running Clemson backs, has the best, one of the best Sermon, defense. Chris Olave, they all got drafted this year. I haven't seen one BYU player that's gotten drafted this year, and I think that shows a lot about what Zach Wilson can do to absolutely yeah. carry a team. And he's going to have to do that with the Jets. And I know it's – oh, shoot. I know it's going to be hard going up a whole nother level versus the best athletes in the world, best football players in the world, best defenses, the greatest minds, the greatest coaches. 
but he's gonna need to do exactly what he did in college, and that's gonna be hard. Yeah, but, but okay. He needs to do it. So, Trevor Lawrence pick. We don't really need to talk about it. It's Iowa's obvious, I think. Mac Jones pick. Uh, it was a great pick by them. Uh, um, okay, and I think we covered all the QBs, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. So next thing. Uh, we, oh, we, oh, oh, oh. Also, Kyle Trask going to the Buccaneers, I think, in the second or third round. I mean, in my opinion, that's a steal. I mean, Tom Brady might not be happy about it, but he's getting really old, so I think he knows that. And having him as a backup, learning from Tom Brady. like he, could, I am he could so be really... glad you brought that up because I am so torn between Kyle Trask. I mean, if you look at his footage, he's an awesome quarterback, rocket of an arm, can escape the pocket. I wonder if you watch the footage why he wasn't picking the first round. But then these NFL scouts go in depth and we get more uh, of an analysis on minds that don't just see him as being um, as being a Heisman contender and throwing a bunch of uh, passing TDs. You see that he has Kyle Pitts and Kadarius Tony and many more weapons. Uh, and he just lobs the ball up there. And of course, Kyle Pitts uh, goes and gets it. Uh, I don't think that fits a NFL mind, and I think he'll be out of the league in about but, three to four years. But when you think about it, if he's behind any other quarterback, Tom, other than Tom Brady, I think he's a bust, and I think he's out of there. But Tom Brady, mentors do so much in sports, mentor, mentors, and I really think he's just going to go farther than we expect. Yeah, yeah, he's really the replacement in Tampa Bay. Really? Like, I, I don't think he's a great fit there. And their long-term replacement after Tom Brady, sticking with Kyle Trask, like, it's a little anticlimactic and disappointing, in my opinion. Really? You don't like Kyle Trask in, like, the third round? It was the second. Well, I'm not saying oh, second what round. round he was taken. I'm saying wh- what they need to fill the position. Yes, I agree he's a steal, and he's a good quarterback in the draft. But I think they need someone better to fill that situation. They need to do what the 49ers did and trade up to three, get an outstanding hell of a player, and then fill that spot. Yeah, yeah okay. But um, moving on from the quarterback, there's really no one else we need to talk about. Like, you need to all, all out. All the other QBs went in the late rounds. Wide receivers. There were a lot of them in the class. One of another really good uh, position class. The one, the first court, um, wide receiver I want to talk about is the number five overall pick, Lamar Chase for the Bengals. I think that they should have gone Sewell. Burrow needs protection up front. Yes, a hundred percent. The Bengals. The Bengals are a team that normally gets. O-line uh, uh, the free agency to help rebuild. And to get uh, reunite one of the best college quarterbacks ever and one of the best and one of the most explosive college wide receivers we've seen in a while, I think that it's a good, it's a, it was a good pick, but they still should have gone Sewell. Yeah, 100%. Sewell was a no-brainer for almost anybody, but Joe did want Jamar Chase and... I feel like you kind of have to listen to your quarterback or he's not going to feel welcomed. And that's what they did. I don't think it's a smart move, but they did what they did. Well, the problem about listening to your quarterback, uh, a rookie who missed half the season due to not having a good offensive line, when there's one of the best offensive line products we've seen come out in this decade, 
is that he doesn't know the full story. He hasn't been spending hours upon days upon weeks upon months scouting these players. He doesn't know uh, Panaisu's weaknesses. He doesn't know his strengths. He doesn't know if he's a diamond in the rough. He doesn't know how fast he could emerge. Uh, he doesn't know even if he fits the NFL. So the problem with that is he could make a decision, but it's not based by the facts. And in this case, I think it was a big miss by the Bengals. Jamar Chase is a outstanding receiver, but you can't pass up on someone like Panay Sewell, a fiery, uh, a fiery need on this team. You can see it in the Bengals' uh, new pictures. Joe Burrow has a scar across his knee. I thought that would tell all the story. Yeah. Yeah, that was insane. And it just shows that he needs protection. And he didn't have it. So, personally, I think that was a done pick. I love Jamar Chase. But moving on to the next wide receiver, Jack, you want to take it out? Yeah. So, um, we really already covered Devontae Smith. Oh, oh, what am I saying? Jalen Waddle was the second wide receiver taken. I, I got mixed up. The, um, Jalen Waddle, who I think is better than Devontae Smith, even though he tore his ACL. Jalen Waddle is an explosive player, and if you saw him play, you see what he did. And honestly, his numbers, I think he had 1,000 yards in his first six games. That is just absolutely incredible. As for a wide receiver, like he's not that big, Waddle. He's so explosive, and I think reuniting with Tua is really, really good for him. And I think that he'll that he'll connect from day one, especially uh, with having played with a player for I think two yeah. years. Now this yeah. one I think is the opposite um, of Joey Burrow in this case. I think they went to Tua having in mind who they were going to select and said, "Listen, who would you rather have to reunite with? Because we're obviously taking." Uh, a wide receiver unless, you know, something madness happens, which it didn't. And I think he said Jalen Waddle, which is exactly who the Dolphins front office had in mind. Not because Devonta Smith is, you know, the Slim Reaper or anything, but I just think Jalen Waddle fits that offense better. Again, he is the most elusive and quick player in this draft, and the Dolphins need someone to just fly down the field Wow, Tua throws the ball 60 yards for a TD. Yeah, I agree. They're trying to replicate the Chiefs' offense that has had so much success. Yeah, and really, the other wide receivers in this class all are playing. Like, there's not any wide receivers that are much different from any others in the class. Rashad Bateman, you could see as a Jamar Chase. Kadarius Toney is a Jalen Waddle. Elijah Moore is the Devontae Smith. You really... All these players are similar, and that's why I think that you couldn't go wrong with a top any top 10 receiver in this class in the top yeah. 50, 60 picks. One, so what I think about this is that this class is a, like is a, like a hit or hit. Like you really can't miss. And that's yeah. why I think we should I think that's why I think we're going to carry it over to the defense, which is a lot more questionable. We talked about JC Horn. Let's go to the second pick of the second defensive pick of this draft, Pat Sertain. Yeah, I love Pat Sertain, personally. I think he's a great corner. And the reason I like him so much is because he has everything. He has everything overall. You know, he has great D, great on ball coverage, great zone, great man. And I love that pick. I think he's better. I think he's better than J.C. Horn. And, um, yeah, I think that's a great pick. Yeah, I agree. Um, 
but Patrick Sertain, as I said again, is a is not a raw player. He's already developed uh, enough, as he's shown in college. He can lock up a receiver. His stats show all of it. But J.C. Horn, this athletic guy that's raw but still isn't fully developed, has a higher ceiling of potential but a harder climb to reach it. The NFL yeah. is slowly drifting toward those players more than the ones that have already been accomplished. Yeah. Uh, Pat Sertain, yeah, like Dylan said, he's not already there. He has a couple things to work on. Uh, but, you know, he's he's there. He's a great player, and I love him. I love that um, type of corner, and I agree with the pick a thousand percent. Took away yeah, so like to that. wrap up this NFL draft special on the Talk and Takes podcast, let's do the overall draft grade on and for certain picks and teams throughout all the rounds of the draft. So first off, I would like to see what you guys think of the Jaguars draft. Jaguars draft? I think that this draft, uh, I think the only thing that held it back from being an A, A, A plus or A, is Travis Etienne pick when they already had James Robinson at, and they took Etienne at 25. I get that you want to re- reunite with Lawrence to get him some more confidence in the organization. But actually, but they, really they said um, they're using him mostly on third downs. So. Yeah, I, I agree, but I think it was just a waste of a pick when you could have had someone a lot di- more different and better for the system. And I'll give their grade a B+. Mm-hmm. Uh, I give the Jaguars a good, solid B. Just because, obviously, I love Trevor Lawrence. ETN was a bit questionable. Obviously, you need a second running back or else they get hurt. That's what, what that's what's happened. Like Saquon, CMC, uh, all these guys. But um, that, was, that pick was questionable. But then their other rounds were just eh. Like, nothing stood out. Just eh. All right. Um, so, yeah, nothing really stood out. They had no steals in the draft. Um, ETN was a miss, but only time will tell if that was the right pick. And Robinson just had a one-year fluke. Yeah, well, we'll see what that happens in a couple years. But, uh, yeah, wrapping up the Jaguars, who's next? Yeah, so let's go at the 49ers. Okay. This is this was a draft that besides for Lance, I really didn't see anyone that I liked that they drafted. Don't get me wrong, I didn't really want, pay attention to their picks, but I just don't think that they had anyone too special past Lance, especially because they had a lot of like they had a lot they had a lot of picks that they could have got except for Lance. And uh, back at this, um, so Trey Lance, yes, that's a good pick. But what's it called? Um, who else did they get? Real quick. All right, I'm looking right now. Aaron Banks, Trey Sermon, uh, and Jalen Moore. Three, four of their first five picks were were offense or uh, people on the offense, and I think that they could have done a, a way better job, especially with a lot of scope people on the board. They could have had that. They could have done a lot better for Lance. I'll give it a B minus. Yeah, I think it's somewhere around there. I mean, Lance was definitely a good pick, in my opinion. Uh, but, yeah, again, Aaron Banks, Ambry Thomas, Jalen Moore, not really standout players, just your uh, normal fifth-round, fourth-round, third-round picks. But I really yeah. like the pick of Trey Sermon. I mean, they really needed a dynamic running back after Raheem Mostert can't stay healthy. Um, 
and Justin Wilson Jr. doesn't really look like the future, I think Trey Sermon will turn out to be a good pick. I'm going to rate this draft an A- minus for the Niners. Yeah, I'm going to give the Niners a good B+. Plus. I think it was a solid draft. It, it was a solid draft. I think it was a little bit better than the Jags. Uh, B plus compared to a B, but uh, solid. I really, I really rate these drafts off, not off the first round, but off like past the third round because that's where the steals come in. All right, so um, Dylan, what's next? Yeah, so I want to talk about the Lions because a lot of people have been saying they have been the sole winners of the draft. Um, I would definitely give them an A plus for their draft. Uh, they absolutely dominated. Stealing Panay Sewell at seven, something we don't usually see uh, for a great player to fall that long and right into the arms of the Lions uh, to yeah. ensure that Jared Goff thing, has a nice time. The, in thing, yeah, the I, thing I don't I love completely about- agree, but um, what's it called? All right, Charlie, uh, after I'm saying this real quick, you can uh, just make, pull it out your point. I just wanted to point okay. that real quick. They got Amon or St. Brown, a receiver who's corrected that could have gone the second round at the seventh, that, the 112th overall pick. I think that was a steal. Sewell was a steal. I feed, I feed, I'm probably going to uh, pronounce this wrong. I feed you Mella. It's a cornerback they picked at 101. He was supposed to go in the third, maybe late second round. I think that they, I think that their draft was amazing. I think I'll give him an A. Because I th- I'll give him an A. Yeah, this would have been an easy A plus for me if I think they kind of messed up one of their second and third round picks. They picked two D tackles. Like, I don't I don't see the need of that. D tackles, yes, they're useful, but do I think you should get two of them in one draft consecutive in the second round third round pick when you could have got much better players? Nah, just stick stick with one. Yeah, and I think. That's what held me back from I'm getting an A. But otherwise, the round seven pick that they had, two hundred fifty-seven. Running Jamar back Jefferson. Jamar Jefferson. Yeah. Now, if you're a casual NFL fan, you're like, "Who the heck is this?" Well, this guy, this Justin Jefferson, rushed for eight mm-hmm. touchdowns uh, against again not a good college team, but still a cool milestone. So that's something to point out. And then lastly. Um, how do you think the NFC East did as a whole? Uh, I, NFC draft? East, I think, was one of the top two, maybe three divisions in this draft. Uh, Giants had an amazing draft. The football team had a pretty decent draft. Eagles had an okay draft. The Cowboys had a good draft. I think that this, yeah. as a whole, I'll give the uh, Eagles a B minus. I'll give the football team a B. I'll give the Cowboys a B plus, and I'll give the Giants an A. I think that the only reason I give the Giants an A is because they really rounded out the team, and they picked up an old lineman after the draft, even though people were saying they really needed one in one of the early rounds. I think they rounded out their team amazingly. They got Aziz Ojulari, who's one of the steals in the draft, a wide receiver. They got every single position that they really needed to cover up, and I think that they are the team to beat in the NFC East this year. Yeah, I I give the uh, the NFC East as a whole and B plus to a, a just because I think all the teams did pretty good and then there were some really good picks. Uh, I give the football team a B. I give the Cowboys a A. I give the Giants an A as well, and then I give the Eagles a B. So 
that just rounds out the draft for me, but for the NFC East. Yeah, the NFC East, the reason why I brought this up is because I think the NFC East had the most impactful draft out of all the divisions in football. Why? Because they got so many players that help them uh, now and in the future. Uh, take, for instance, the Giants. The Giants got Kadarius Tony, a really great receiver. And another um, first-round pick. And another first-round pick. That maybe they could trade away either Shepard or Slayton for some more picks. So that piles on. Again, Ajiz Ojulari, as Jack was saying, they great. are in dire need of another Lawrence Taylor. Someone that can change a football game with a snap of a finger. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, I think the Giants had a really good draft. I, I'm going to go A-. minus. Cowboys, again, great draft for them, in my opinion. Um, Cowboys, they did Bama. miss on some of their third and fourth round I mean, picks. But by trading back and letting, not letting, but uh, choosing the Eagles to get Devonta Smith over the Giants, that was a smart I think that right deserves on. an A- too. Washington football team, they didn't do that much, Not but biased. still, they rounded out their defense, uh, filled a couple of holes. I'll give them a B. And lastly, the yeah. Eagles, the best draft out of the NFC East, in my opinion. Ooh, they got ooh, the guy that the they wanted and didn't give up that much, only a third-round pick. I'm going to give them an A. Yeah, and uh, moving on to one last team. I want to I see how you guys think about this. This is a debatable topic. I think the Bears. A lot of people are giving the A's. A lot of people A pluses. Um, I just want to see what you guys think about that. Uh, Bears. I think had the uh, second or third best draft. Uh, can you guys just give give one guess? Who do you think had the best draft? I. Who do you think I think has the best draft? Giants. Uh, no, not not Giants. Dolphins. Yes, they got so much. That helped their team. Jalen Waddle, an explosive receiver. They got one of my favorite prospects in this draft, Jalen Phillips. He, he went to college in Miami. He's so excited to be part of the program. One of the best edge rushers in this class, I think the best. And I just think that all their second, third, fourth, fifth, sixth, and seventh round picks helped their team out a lot. And I think that they had the number one draft in this class. Yeah. But moving back to the moving back to the Bears, I love the Bears pick. Because it's like they're building, they're already building on Justin Fields. They drafted, well, I think they drafted two, they drafted Justin Fields, two offensive linemen, I think, and then uh, two running backs, or a running back and a wide receiver. Those are all weapons for uh, for Justin Fields, and then they draft a corner and another offensive, or defensive lineman. That's yeah, a I think good the Bears draft. sold out on this draft. I mean, they did so well. Trading up to get their guy, boy, is it a good day in the Windy City. Um, but I really think this is unlike the Bears to trade up and get their guy. Moving up in the rankings uh, and seeing the fans and players backlash about naming Andy Dalton the starting QB. Uh, he is definitely shaking in his boots right now with the QB competition rising uh, in the Bears. Even uh, though he is guys. probably going to start the first couple weeks. But. Yeah, you question uh, his future in Chicago. But again, Kalali Herbert taken in the sixth round. Um, running back, that's a bit of a questionable um, pick. But again, sixth round, maybe just a filler. But I'm looking at Daz Newsome. The Bears want competition at wide receiver. 
And aside from yeah. Allen Robinson uh, and fifth-round steer Darnell Mooney, I think this guy's a great pick. He could really turn out to be a good wide receiver for them in the future. Uh, and I'm going to give them an A. Yeah, Daz Newsome. I saw a couple games of UNC, and he is a dynamic player. Obviously, there's a lot of things he could work on. He's um, kind of raw. His catching's pretty good. His route running is pretty good. But he's really fast and breaks a good amount of tackles. But uh, he is quite skinny. Uh, I don't know how that's going to reflect. But um, I like this pick. I love it. Uh, I think they did a really good draft. I'm going to give them a... Uh, yeah, I'm going to give them an A+. Plus. I really like this draft. Yeah. Um, yeah, great draft for the Bears. But anyway, we're going to wrap up this episode of the Talk and Takes podcast. Again, guys, we're going to try to post more oftenly and catch up with all the, all the news in the wonderful world of sports. Again, yeah. any questions you have, anything you want us to talk about on this podcast, feel free. Uh, let us know uh, through DM or text, anything like that. So, anyways, guys, thank you for listening to this episode of the Talk and Takes podcast. This was the draft special. Thank you so much. See you guys much. next time. See ya.